Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. From coast to coast and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio around. Online with Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here at WMCK.FM and also at italknet.com as we broadcast live from the Phil Gene Motor Studios high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle, give Chip a call. The number is 724-785-6800 or stop by his website, philgenamotors.com. Well, it's that time of year again where we open up the doors and we invite Eric O'Brien back into the studio so we can talk about the year that was in media, especially Pittsburgh media. Eric, how are you doing this evening? I am well. You know, uh, if, if you're listening on WMCK, you're used to hearing me jock uh, easy listening. So I, I, I read a post of yours today on WMCK that uh, your program is one of the most listened to programs on the station. Well, I, I would say it airs during the most listened to time slot in the week, which is from uh, like 1 to 7 p.m. on Fridays. And uh, I, I head up that 1 to 7 p.m. slot from 1 to 3 with the smooth, relaxing, and easy. And uh, uh, Jay Thurber uh, released the uh, info uh, just a little bit earlier before we started recording this. And I, uh, I do believe, if I read it correctly, I had the highest listening concentration of the week. I'd love to see how low mine is of the week. Who are you? <laughs> hey, hey, I just interviewed Dean Martin's daughter. What more can you ask for? Oh, well, excuse me. I okay. mean, hey, that was my highlight of my 2019. No question at all. I uh, that that would be quite a quite a catch if you could catch it. It was it was actually a very enjoyable show and a very nice uh, uh, individual to speak to about her dad and her dad's career and also about her career, which she's also doing a nightclub um, act now that she plays tours across the country. And she's based out of Branson, Missouri, of all places. Oh, well, a lot of people end up there. Uh, yeah. Andy Williams was there and uh, uh, several others, the Osmonds and, and all those people that Andy discovered along the way, I'm mm -hmm. sure. But, That's right. Uh, yeah. So the reason I had you on the program is to talk about 2019 in Pittsburgh media. And recently this week, I there was an article that was posted online from Patch.com. And it said, Pittsburgh's TV radio newspaper seems turbulent in 2019. And I'm reading it going, what the heck was so turbulent? People retired. People left. And the Post-Gazette's still the Post-Gazette. What happened any different? <laughs> well, you know, I don't think it was very turbulent. I think there were a lot of people who came up, you know, especially in Channel 2's world, 
Right. Uh, they they came up, uh, you know, at the end of their contracts, and they were at the age of retirement. You know, John Burnett being uh, the key uh, on on air person there, right? Uh, who who won that uh, award, and he decided to take it. Um, I I think the rest of them were all behind the scenes, but you know, I I don't consider that a shakeup. I just consider that changing of the guard. Right, even Ralph Iannotti record, retired after 40 years. That's right, Ralph Iannotti did too, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's their time. I don't call it a shake-up. I, I would say it would be a shake-up if they were all fired uh, en masse right. uh, in, you know, a day or two, and that that's uh, that's a shake-up. This, this is just life happening. And then the other one, they said Scott, Scott Paulson, who basically went into semi-retirement years ago, He's not working for a station in Virginia, a classic rock station. I'm going, that's just evolution. That's not turbulent. No, I mean, that was his his uh, personal decision. I think uh, either his or his wife's family lived down there. Right. And I think he just happened to pick up a job and, you know, more power to him. I think he ran his, his course here. No offense to Scott. I'm, I'm just saying that... Uh, you know, he, he ran his course at DVE, what, three times? About that, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, it, it uh, you know, he did all he could do here. And I think uh, to, to be closer to family and to still do what you love, that's that's a that's a bonus. Now, take, the, only, the, opportunity. the only thing I think surprised anybody is Kevin Benson. When he got uh, asked to leave after 30 years following a DUI arrest in Washington County. That to me seemed a bit extreme, but I think, you know, well, remember a few years ago with the Wendy Bell incident of uh, yes. what, 2016 and Channel 4 firing her. I think, you know, the court of public opinion comes into play here again. You know, a man makes a mistake. Uh, yeah, it may not have been the first time, but it, it was probably the first one in a long time from what I understood. Uh, I, I don't know Kevin Benson personally, so I can't, I can't speak for anybody. But, you know, I, I'm just uh, uh, hypothesizing there that, uh, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't be so quick to judge. And, you know, I, I guess the TV station nowadays just covers their butt. And, you know, if, if we're going to report on this stuff, you know, as being bad, we shouldn't have anybody here who who does that sort of thing and, you know, make them out to be a good guy, even if they are or aren't. And that, and again, that makes that makes valid sense. And then uh, Sh- uh, Sean Jack Malloy <laughs> retired from uh, DVE, which well, Jack, again, Mo- Jack Malloy died, didn't he? Well, the funny thing is, the way it's listed here is Sean the Great Jack Malloy pulled the plug on DVE, and I'm going, wait a minute. That's a misprint on there. That's from seven years ago. They screwed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he Sean, passed. Sean, Sean McDowell Sean retired. McDowell retired. That's right. And then Jack yeah. Malloy passed away. Passed um, away after being retired for a couple of years. From uh, It's been about six years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm looking and, at this one. Someone miswrote this, and I'm going, I should know that better than read the newspaper. So. <laughs> well. Yeah, you should never rely on newsprint or no. print. Yeah. <laughs> Not in yeah. Pittsburgh, you shouldn't. N- nobody else does because they're all going online. And you can't read the damn thing anyway. Well, so. and, and then the Post Gazette being the Post Gazette, but yeah, well, but that's that's neither here nor there. But I just right. think it's really interesting. Again, uh, twenty nineteen went 
is is here and gone. We're coming into 2020. And the only really big news is everybody was wondering what was going to happen to KQV. It's finally back on the air. Oh, and I guess the God, thank I, God. And I guess the talk is now like it's it's just okay, it's there. Now what do we do with it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd like to say one thing. If, if all the people who said they wanted to do something with it had pooled their money together two years ago and bought it themselves, they could do whatever the hell they want right. with it. But, you know, uh, Bob and Ashley Stevens bought it uh, two years ago, and, and they and the Dickies agreed. But, of course, uh, Bob and Ashley had to move the transmitter from here in the North Hills to North for Sales. Uh, drive I'm all too familiar with, and I myself gave up uh, earlier this year. But the, the the fact is that it, it took a lot of time. It, it was a big move. You can't do that overnight. I mean, yeah, you could probably do it a little faster than they did it. But, you know, they're a mom-and-pop operation, um, you know, and, tr- and trying to figure out what to do with the station and, and so on and so forth when you – uh, buy it, um, you know, sometimes doesn't is not as clear cut, especially when you have to basically build the thing from scratch. So it is back on the air as of December 19th. It uh, seems to be operating pretty well, 5,000 watts by day, but 75 watts at night. But that, again, has nothing to do with the ownership. Right. It's the engineering of it all. And it, it it's... It's really about now that it's located in North for sales, it can be 5,000 watts non-directional, but it still has to protect Dayton, Ohio at night. So the the maximum they can pump out at night is 75 watts. That's that's an engineering issue. That's not, not a, an ownership decision or anything. That's just by force of having to move the transmitter. I, I just think it's odd that in 2019 we're still protecting other stations in faraway lands like Dayton, because to me, it doesn't make much sense to me because that overlap is going to be so small, no matter where it's at. I can't imagine there being a big enough audience to protect. Well, it's not the audience so much as much as it is the science behind AM radio and hitting the ionosphere and right. you know even 620 you know has to scale back to 50 watts at night because of uh, uh, Milwaukee Wisconsin and WTMJ okay you know and uh, you know it, it's not you know uh, unfortunately you know I've I've witnessed you know, I shouldn't say unfortunately but I have witnessed where KDKA comes in clear as a bell in Columbus Ohio anywhere between 6.30 p.m. this time of year and even 8 a.m., depending on where you are in town. Okay. Uh, Columbus, that is. Um, So, I mean, that's a pretty powerful force. I mean, yeah, it's basically the next city over, or two over if you count Wheeling. Um, But the the, the fact is that it bounces. So if there is another 10, 20 somewhere within the region they of course are protecting kdka but i mean the the uh the listenership would go down because of the interference not because of the programming right that's true too i guess now yeah are we seeing anything happening in 2020 or are we just going to ride out the first few months before any changes happen because i know there was a big change in kd with shumway leaving uh larry richard in the morning and he's just going to do tv now 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I would dare say that that was not his decision solely. Um, I just based on what I read between the lines on that story. I mean, I like John Shumway; he's very talented. But it seems to me that they uh, convinced him that he was better made for television, right? Um, you know, and that he <laughs> he should go focus on what he does better. I guess uh, not that he was bad on the air. I, ju- I just think I, I I think that maybe. I, although, you know, Larry and John were a classic team starting out at Channel 2 30-some years ago and and uh, could still uh, pair up well. But I, I just wonder if the ratings weren't as good as they could be. And and when you get right down to it, even though Larry has every job in the uh, world, or so it seems, it really is Larry's morning show. It was his from 2001 on, so... Which I think, if I'm not mistaken, would make him the longest-running morning show host KD has seen. Um, I could be mistaken about that. I can't... Well, let's see. John John Cigna started in 83 in the mornings and then retired in 2001. So that was 18 years. 2001, yep, yep, Larry would be, well, this coming year would probably be the longest run. Which amazes me how he's able to do Monday morning after doing a Sunday night football game because he is the PA announcer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I believe uh, Pitt Panthers Panthers, as well. Yeah, Yeah, so, uh, well, I'll just say he's very, very – Good at what he does. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just give him that. Um, another thing happened this year, too. Um, happened recently, actually, is uh, Bob Coppola passed away at the age That's of un- That is unfortunate. Bob was a very dynamic newsman. I, I heard he was very demanding in the newsroom, but he could be a, a really nice guy. He was, it wasn't the most approachable person from, from what I've heard, but he was a very very good news, man. Well, when I think of KDK News, that's the first person that pops into my mind is Coppler because he was there forever. Well, he was there, what, about uh, 18, 19 years, something like that. And then he was, he prior to that, was at uh, WWSW, KQV, KQV, and the old DAE. Yes, yes. So he, he's been around in the market forever and, uh, you know, just a very, very talented newsman and uh, I understand he had Alzheimer's. Oh, really? I, I, think, I think that's what I, what he uh, lived with and dealt with at the end there, and that's terribly unfortunate because he was very intelligent. That, that that is just a shame because, and again, I didn't realize he retired in two thousand seven. I can't believe it's been that long, but yeah, yeah, that's when. Uh, oh, the fellow who went to CBS. I am blanking on names right now. Bill Rakoff. Uh, came in and took over at that time. And then uh, uh, now the other guy's name, whose name totally just left me, current morning newsman. Um, yeah, I'll, it'll come to me. Uh, well, anyhow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, very good uh, newsman, very talented. I used to steal news from him for another station, <laughs> but we won't uh, admit that in public. And uh, uh, Paul Rasmussen is the name that I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, uh, he he was just a remarkable man. 
remarkable man. I, do, I again, it's just a shame that he passed. Now, one other thing I didn't realize because everybody talks about how many years um, KDK has been on the air. The first commercial station. There's these arguments about other stations that were on before them and everything else. But KQV, in theory, hit a hundred years. Correct. In theory, in theory. It was 100 years since 8ZAE signed on in 1919. So that was November 10th, I believe it was. That was, uh, you know, they're, they're marking that. And, and what KD is marking with November 2nd, 1920, almost 100 years ago, um, is the date that they became commercially licensed, I, I do believe. And that didn't happen for KQV until January of uh, 1921 or even 22, one, one of the two. So, I mean, if we're, if we're picking nits and it seems like everybody is, you know, that's, uh, that's where, where we're, we're drawing the line. But I guess, I guess if they were first in terms of experimental station, you know, maybe but even then, I think, I think we have to challenge that, but uh, no offense to the people who have uh, been on KQV in the last hundred years, but, you know, it's just, you know, there's nothing etched in stone. And the FCC they says that their first license was uh, uh, dated, uh, I think, January 9th, 1921. And so, it, it, so is there going to be a big party uh, for the 100th birthday? Uh, well, uh, if the program director arranges one. Ah. Yeah. So do you need uh, someone to bring the hamburgers and the hot dogs or what? Well, just just bring a cupcake with one candle in it. It'll be fine. Because oh, I, oh. I just find that interesting because everybody's so worried about who was on first and how long they've been around and everything else. But the industry has changed so much and the ownership has changed so much in the last um, hundred years that I don't even think they're um, facsimiles, facsimiles of the original stations. Oh, probably not. I mean, every, everything. And yet you, you have to remember, Bill, that, you know, what everybody remembers KQV for is either top 40. Right. Or all news. Right. Whatever happened before top 40, I couldn't tell you. I, and I, I've just heard about those glory years. And I've lived across the street from the five tower array, which is now a one tower stand, uh, you know, across the street um, for all my life. But, you know. That's what people remember it as. What uh, what people have forgotten is that the original transmitter was uh, paired up with WJAS out in, in the Banksville um, region of, of Pittsburgh before it moved to the North Hills in 1946 or 7. So, um, you know, but that's what people remember because that's, you know, when it, when it had its glory years, you know, the, the street corner windows at the corner of walk and don't walk in the chamber of commerce building downtown. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what most people are going to remember, but, you know, going forward, you know, those people are going to die off. Nobody's going to remember that, that era after a while. I I just think it's interesting because there's very few stations still owned by, at least the original ownerships from back then. The only one I know of, and the ownership board has changed, but the name of the board has changed, stay, stayed the same, and that's the one out of Uniontown because it's still the same board name or the same ownership name. There's just right. been different people on it. 
Right, and it, but it's the same basic uh, family, if I if I recall. Well, you sort of, kind of like it, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. it's still nowhere near what it was even when I started working there in the late '80s, early '90s, because again, everybody that was in control then, unfortunately, has passed away. Right. Well, you know, I I think uh, we're going to see a lot more of that fading away as time goes on. I mean, if it hasn't already, I'm I'm thinking back in Columbus again. Uh, the the uh, AMFM TV combo of WBNS uh, earlier this year they sold out to uh, I think T- Tenga Broadcasting or Tegna or whatever it is um, and uh, you know the the three stations are still sisters but you know you have to wonder how long that's going to last but I mean it had a heritage dating back to the uh, oh the 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 forties or fifties at least. Um, you know, in, in situations like that. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's a, a rarity. And uh, look at uh, Cox uh, Media Group uh, this year. Earlier in the month of December, finally finalized their sale, which I didn't even realize because they're still identifying as Cox Media Group. Right. You know, it's being run by a different company now. So, I mean, it's not really that much of a change. And uh, I don't think anything's going to happen with the Circle 11 logo that everybody's worried about going away uh, at Channel 11 at WIIC. I think they need to come back to WIIC. That's what I would do. Yes, they're the ones to watch after all. I, so, you know, I, you know, we can have we could have luncheon at the ones you and I could host it. You could be Chili Billy after all. <laughs> And and I could just be by Williams or some, you know somebody like that. But I, the, the the funny thing is, and if you go through rural communities in Western Pennsylvania, you will still see signs with the WIIC logo on them because they are a WIIC community. That's right. And Brownsville yeah. is still a WIIC community. I want the sign, and I told. Well, somebody, just go rip it off. I, I can't because it's a very visible place. I told someone Naturally. on the road crew, if that ever comes down, I want the sign. Not only are we a WIIC community, we're also a bird sanctuary. I don't know what that means, but we're also a bird sanctuary. It's on the same uh, side. Where all the birds go to church, of course. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but but again, so. it was really interesting because that would have been in the late – that probably would have been in the uh, late 50s, early 60s that they would have had those signs put up. Well, actually, I think it was a little later than that because they wouldn't have started touting it as much. Uh, you have to remember WIIC were uh, the calls until about 1980 or 81. Okay, so you're looking around early 70s then. Okay, I I would bet I would bet it was closer to the 70s, okay. if not early to mid. Because um, I was losing track of when they went on the air and when they changed. And whenever they went to PXI, is that when Cox bought them? No, Cox has owned Channel 11 since 1964. Okay. So, um, so uh, what was the reason for the change? For the change in ownership with Cox? No, the call letters. I think it was just a uh, an image shift. Uh, instead of being WIIC, you could be WPXI, which is P for Pittsburgh, and XI is the Roman numeral, numeral for 11. Oh, guess what? I just realized that. Wow. You were you were today years old when you learned that, didn't you? I was today years old when I learned that. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, just like WPVI in Philadelphia is Philadelphia 6, because VI is the Roman numeral for, for six. 6. So Unbelievable. Uh, just the, the, the creativity that they have behind making these call letters is just amazing. Oh, I know, and people just don't realize it sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you're in the business, but look how many people aren't and are totally oblivious. Well, they don't know like what that. they – especially in this day and age, nobody uses them anymore. That's true. I mean, when you do when you do a Nielsen's book or even an Arbitron book or whatever it may be, you don't use those call letters anymore. You That's use right. The station logo or a slogan or whatever else, you don't use the call letters. Right. I mean, that's, that, right. that, that's just that's just sad all the way around because that was half the fun of being on the air when you got to say the call letters. Absolutely. Or you could Absolutely. choose them with where you worked before. That was even more fun. That's that's uh, class, par for the course. I mean, you you were working with with what eight stations at one time. How you kept them straight is beyond me. <laughs> well, when it comes to doing weather forecasts, I'm a pro. I only screwed it up once. <laughs> I I called one hundred three point one seven seventy KFB, and uh, and uh, our illustrious owner was there that night when I did that. Uh, but it took him about five hours to realize that I had done that. Uh huh. And so he went into where I recorded the weather and ju just took the uh, cut it off before I said the call letters. And so, and he took me to task the next day. And I said, "Well, you've got to give me credit. At least I did one mistake in my life around here. So, you know, I think in twelve and a half years of doing that, uh, you know, one mistake isn't bad." I was just wondering how many people actually noticed it. Actually, <laughs> funny you should mention that. Somebody uh, uh, that I'm Facebook friends with who lives in uh, West Virginia, northern part of West Virginia, uh, sent me a message that night saying, do you realize that you had the wrong set of call letters on the uh, KVE weather? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, you've got to be kidding me. I'm sure I did it right. Well, then the next day I found out that I really did not. And... Uh, it became a laughing joke of mine ever since, but, you know, what, whatever. I mean, it, it happens, you know, we've all been there. We all do it. At least I had the same, same ownership in that regard. Well, that's true too. At least you're in the same building. Yes. So I think it's really interesting that every year we have one of these stories, especially one that always deals with someone that is doing something he shouldn't be doing. And that is with station WQZS out of Somerset. And Roger Commander oh. Wall faces multiple charges uh, related to an incident where he is accused of installing a trail camera in a woman's home and then linking it to video from the, I mean, what were these people thinking? Well, between him and then there's a gentleman up in, I want to say, uh, the Catanning Station has uh, some charges against him. Uh, and I can't remember what they're for. I know I have it written down on the, the website somewhere. But, uh, yeah, people, I mean, just because you're in media, just because you're in the public eye does not mean you're the most angelic person in the world. Um, you, you can be just as guilty as of making those blundering errors just like anybody else. However, when you uh, are convicted of such, uh, it, you lose your right to own a station. Right. And so he's 
teetering on they're they're all teetering on the the precipice of uh, losing their stations and then you know what happens to them you know who operates them who buys them who gets them you know what do they just go dark or or whatever because i'm going to see what happens for that one because it would be interesting because that's not far from here and i honestly i'll be honest with you i never heard of it before until the story hit but uh, again, just one of those situations, like these people have no clue. They think they're untouchable when it comes to law and they can get away with it. And what he wanted to do was just downright disgusting. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's, you know, you think you have uh, the, the, the authority because you own something in the public yeah. interest. But that, that really is not the case. I'm... Uh, as we speak, I'm trying to look up the uh, story of the other other fellow. So go on to the next topic, and when I find it, we'll get, we'll go back to it. How about I do this? You're listening to WMCK.FM McKeesport. You're also listening to us on italknet.com. Another thing interesting in 2019, everybody that was in Pittsburgh media leaving Pittsburgh media, not to leave the area, but to go into other lines of work. For example, well, you- Jennifer, Jennifer Ankoviak. Uh, yet again, goes goes to the uh, Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh, I believe. Yes, and um, although she she had actually been out of uh, television for a while, well, she was point. bouncing back and forth though, bouncing back and forth, but no, nothing uh, steady like right. a morning uh, anchoring gig. But yeah, I think well, they've done it. The Greensburg Diocese hired one of the former reporters, Jen Mealy, I think who had been working for Excella Health right. for a while. And I think she's working out there. So I think, you know, given given all the stuff that the uh, the poor Catholic Church is dealing with uh, these days, I think they are, uh, you know, trying to find their best media relations expert to kind of guide them through this. But do you and, consider these people media experts, though? Well, I mean, they're more media experts than the bishops and the popes. Well, that's true, too, I guess. <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean... That's like hiring they, Wendy Bell to do it for you. Oh, dear God. Well, um, barring that uh, little incident, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would dare say that, uh, you know, again... They're probably uh, more knowledgeable than most of the people running the church. Which is true, yeah. I, I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess the other one that left this year was uh, Kelly Brennan? Kelly and Courtney both left their oh, gigs. I didn't realize uh, this, the one at um, – I knew the one at – Kelly was at Channel 4, and she left over a year ago right. because she had a second uh, daughter – and decided not to go back. Courtney uh, gave her gig up at Channel 11 uh, this year. Okay. And b- both of them are kind of working together, although poor Kelly is dealing with uh, a, a child who uh, has developed a uh, an uncurable disease. Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, just uh, recently uh, diagnosed, and she's been being super mom, really. I, I follow them both on uh, social media. Right. Um, but that, that's where they've turned their uh, focus on is uh, social media and what they can do to, uh, to um, market uh, various uh, store brands, I guess, or any, anybody who's willing to hire them to, to 
pitch their products or whatever. I mean, it, it's a, a new form of media. It, it can I, I'll be the first to admit that social media confuses the daylights out of me. Right. But I mean, if and they, of course, are both younger than I am, not by much, but they are they are indeed younger. So maybe they have more of a grasp on uh, that sort of thing than I do. Um, you know, and uh, more power to them. I mean, you know, we see a lot into their lives. And I think they both realized because uh, Kelly has two kids. Courtney is the older one. She has one child. Trying to be a TV news reporter with children is next to impossible. But yet there's people that have been able to do it. Well, because the demands have changed over the years. Okay. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to argue that point, not, not that you were arguing. But um, I, I think now if you go out and do a report, a live report somewhere or, or on assignment to do a feature or something – what is the biggest requirement now? It's promotion, promotion, oh, yeah. promotion. Get on Instagram, get on Facebook, promote the hell out of it. Tell tell your viewers where you are so that they'll watch you on whatever channel that night. But yet they end up telling the whole story on social media after that. So they are mainly doing twice the amount of work that uh, their predecessors had done for the same TV station 20, 30, 40 years ago. Well, what's interesting about that is, is that actually the beginning of 2019, I had the opportunity to speak with Sally Wiggins, mm-hmm. f- retired from TAE. And I also spoke to Shelley Bortz, who is a freelancer now for WPXI. And when I yeah. asked Sally that question, she said that she doesn't understand how they can keep up with it. But when I talk to Shelly, she goes, that's just part of the job. We have to have active social media accounts. And if we don't promote yeah. it, we get, they don't get, I guess, reprimanded is a very strong word, but they get told about it because yeah. they're the ones promoting the station. And I'm thinking, like you said, why do I want to watch it on the news if I can get all the information online? Well, that's just it. I mean, and and then they put the link to the uh, st- station website so you can see the story written or the live uh, feed when it comes up or the uh, taped feed that goes along with the written story. I mean, there are so many millions of ways to get it. And yet that box in the corner of my living room right. is still a viable tool. But why, why, I mean, I mostly have the television on for noise now or just something moving in the house. Uh, and, st- and most of the news I get from my computer what is inter- or my phone. What is interesting in maybe it was October, late October, early November, I spoke with, I cannot believe I'm admitting to this, a social media consultant. We had ah. we had um, coffee one afternoon. It's a friend of mine. And I said, okay, here's what I do. Help me promote it. Mm-hmm. And they said, you have to do this, do this, do this. And I'm thinking, I get that I have to do my part, but I can't make someone listen to something or watch something if they're not interested in it. And what frustrates me is that we're forcing people to watch things or or be a part of things, even if they want to or not, but they feel they have to because of the way they're being bombarded with the information. Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, I promote at least a portion of the time, uh, SRE, as I call it, smooth, relaxed, and easy, on my own social media. If you choose to listen to it, go right ahead. If you don't, 
you know, that's fine. But I'm not going to bend over backwards. Now, I'm not being paid to do the program. I'm not being, uh, you know, I'm not self-bloviating that I do this show. I mean, if you want to hear it, fine. If you don't, that's fine, too. But, you know, you're right. If you don't have the interest in it, why are you going to listen to it? Maybe to check it out the first time. But if you don't have an interest by then, you're not going to go back to it. So why am I bothering, you know, bothering you with uh, going to listen to it? Well, that was my whole thing when I worked commercial radio is that a lot of people just listen to what was on the air because they listened to the program before and they they were too lazy to change the dial. Right. Same thing with TV programming. They watch it. They're too lazy to change the dial, and they watch that whatever it is. That's why newscasts at 11 o'clock are so worried about what programs introduce the 11 o'clock news. That's that's exactly right. I mean, and that and that's an old, 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 an old uh, advertising gimmick, but still it works. And like why the 11 o'clock news in Pittsburgh is so important for for the Tonight Show for. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel for Stephen Colbert. Yes, they're mm-hmm. important in those television markets. So that newscast has to be strong enough to be a strong lead-in for the national programs. But usually That's right. it's the other way around. Yeah, in fact, it's more important the other way around for the local stations. Um, you know, and I mean, I don't think it's as important for the lead-in for the, the late shows as much because people like who they like. Right. In that regard, but if if you're watching something on CBS, you know Channel Two is going to hope that you stay and watch uh, Ken and uh, whoever's on with Ken late, late at night um, on Channel Two. Or you know uh, if you're watching ABC, they're going to hope that you stay around for Channel Four, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and um, you know it, it's it's probably less so going into the late show because. The late shows now are so competitive. I mean, if you think about it, back in the day, you only had Johnny Carson. Right. And then and, then you uh, eventually, then when Carson left, then you had Leno and Letterman, and there were right. two there. Right. And now you have all three vying for the spot. But again, I think, I think people are so tied into who they watch – for one of those shows because it's all about who's going to make the best joke about the president tonight. Um, but at the same time, it's again, a lot of people look at those hosts based on their politics. That's true too. Or the lack, or the lack thereof. So, you know, if, uh, if Stephen Colbert is too far to the left for you, uh, then you have, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, who's probably just as far to the left. And then you have, uh, Jimmy Fallon, who probably is somewhere in the middle, you know, so you go where you're least likely to be offended. But, uh, you know, you, you could have watched any of the uh, three stations for their local news prior. That's pretty bad that you were watching the, the, the program that least offends us. Yes, but it's but it's true. I mean, the, the fact is we watch what le- I, I try not to think that way, but I mean, I don't, I'm not one to watch any of the cable news channels, any of them, uh, just because I find them all obnoxious. But you know, it's uh, it's pretty pretty bad when you're going for comedy based on the person's politics and not <laughs> on how funny they are or aren't. I again, I just think it's how far we've come in the last 
even the last 15 years is just amazing to me because I would have never thought of it that way um, in the 80s, that this is where we're going to be when it came to news, uh, media, TV, and everything, because it's gone totally in a different direction. And like now, everybody, I mean, for goodness sake, for Christmas, I got a, I got a Wi-Fi radio for Christmas. Wow. I can listen to stations across the country and all I have to do is put the call letters in. And if they have a streaming service online, the radio will pick it up for me. I like it. it is, I really do. It is so cool. And I'm going, I don't have to listen to local radio, radio anymore. I'm listening to a station. I'm listening to a country station out of Texas. I'm listening to a oldie station out of New Mexico. I mean, that's where we're going. So that is exact, and as soon as that radio is available in a car, watch out. Well, again, uh, recently bought my wife a car um, for the holiday for Christmas, and it has it has a Wi-Fi capability in it. There you go. I'm thinking, That's all you need. You're got to be not only does it have Wi-Fi, it has HD radio, it has mm-hmm. um, Apple CarPlay, which I can stream it from the phone that way. You don't need terrestrial radio anymore, not for entertainment. This is why I maintain that if you want to operate a local radio station, you need to operate it with local talent yes. and local uh, local content. And screw what the uh, consultants all say, because pretty soon, you know, the consultants who can't see the forest for the trees half the time. Well, the funny thing is, know, I'm listening to a station out of uh, Dumas, Texas. And I'm listening to one out of Grants, New Mexico, and you'll never guess what they have on their radio stations. Probably local, uh, local talent. Yeah, it's local people sitting in the studio answering the phones and doing it yep. the way it used to be done around here. The only thing I don't get, but again, I have it on Apple's my phone, is I can get my weather forecasts. Yeah, well, I mean, and and here again, like you say, you can get it on your phone. Uh, you know, weather announcing has kind of become time filler, right? If you think about it. traffic reports, have become time filler. You can get tra- you don't really get good traffic reports on your phone, and if you're a good driver, you're not really playing with your phone when you're driving. So it really behooves the radio station to continue to provide traffic reports. But you know, you used to give lottery numbers out over the yes. air. You don't need to do that no. anymore. Uh, you used to give fun facts. Well, you know, people have their favorite sites to look for fun facts, but it's it's more fun to sit there and give the fun facts and then make fun of the fun facts. Right. You know, instead of because uh, I would bet you that half the people who would read them in the paper wouldn't come up with anything as creative as you or I would. <laughs> it's it's just interesting. Now this this program is now on Spotify. It's on iHeartRadio.com. It is on TuneIn. It is in Podcast FM. It's on four other distribution sites. So me producing this in Western Pennsylvania, I'm on probably one-third of the podcast or internet radio distribution sites. I would have never thought that was possible in 2006 when I started doing it the first time. 
And I would like to go on record saying that's E-R-I-C-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. I am available for all uh, voiceover work and on-air talent uh, because I actually have some. Uh, but anyhow, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, as recently as 2006, I think even more recently, as, as recent as 2012, we weren't even looking at this well, kind of thing. And remember, we had conversations before that we said that whenever this type of programming hit a radio in your car is when it was going to take off. Well, guess what? Right. You can download, right. you can listen to your stream it to your car live while you're driving. That's right. And, you know, you and I have been having these conversations for 10 years now. At least, yeah. A little over, a little over 10 years. And, um, you know, again, if you had asked me about any of this 10 years ago, I would have said, ha, that's way in the future. But the future is now. Oh, is that a cliche? And, yeah, thank You're you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it, it is now. And, you um, we have to keep up with it or we're, we're all going to lose out. I, again, I just think it's interesting. And I think that there's a handful of stations in the area that are realizing now, now I don't know how they're paying their talent for this, but they're realizing now that there's stuff that they produce that they can actually clip, get rid of the commercials and put it online for a three minute clip that someone can download we'll call it a podcast whatever it is but it was already part of the program earlier that day that's fine if i want to relive something i'll relive it it's like going to youtube and looking at videos from 30 years ago we have this need to go back and either understand what we may have missed or re-enjoy what we enjoyed the first time we heard it well, you know, I do a public affairs program for the uh, 800 stations at Bob and Ash. Uh, only eight. Sorry. Uh, I exaggerate a little bit. Um, yeah. For the stations that they own in the Pittsburgh market. And the one thing I've started doing now that I produce them uh, remotely from the stations, I haven't been there uh, except for one party this past month. I haven't been there in six months. Um you know, I now upload it to a podcast site yes. uh, to send it over to the station. But I also take the opportunity to put that either on the station Facebook pages, my own Facebook page, or email it out to people or whatever. And, you know, the technology is there. If people have missed something, they, they take the opportunity to listen to it again. Uh, and I think sharing things like that is important, especially... You know, when listening to the radio is not an appointment-driven thing anymore. And the technology has gotten so simple. I mean, for the audience that may not know this, we sound like we're in the same room with each other. We're not. No, we are about uh, 40 or 50 miles apart. He's in the North Hills. I'm in Fayette County, and we're using a new service now called Zencaster that we're actually streaming it. And if I look at the tracks that are on my screen right now, I see two different vocal tracks. One is mine, one is his. And I put it in through an editor, and it's done. Now, when I do interviews like I did with Dina Martin last week, she actually calls into my studio line, and I'm able to do it the old-fashioned way. Right. Which, in some ways, I like that, too, because that's the sound quality I'm going for. But this is kind of cool, because this is the first time I've used it for long form, and it seems to be working well. 
seems to be working well. And, and you know, the, the thing is, if we hadn't told anybody about that, they would have been like, oh, they sound like they're in this, the MCK studios downtown McKeesport. Well, you remember the early days when I used the service out of Pittsburgh. We couldn't get it to work half the time. We couldn't get it to work, and we sounded like we were underwater. <laughs> well, the tin cans were there. Yes, you're right. Yes, yes. But, I mean, the reality is that things have developed so fast. And this is part of the problem with media is that the Internet has developed I mean, I've had the access to the internet for going on 25 years now, but the the, the reality is that the the uh, <laughs> the building thereof has gone so rapidly that the old style media, and I include television yeah. in this and cable television in this, have not been able to keep up. And or they are in denial about what's really happening here. And they're just now beginning to realize, oh, hey, you know, if we want to keep our station viable, we have to do stuff online. Just about every TV news station across the country uh, live streams their uh, newscast on the website now. So you could be sitting in one city watching, uh, uh, you know, a different newscast for as, as many devices as you have in different cities the only thing that still holds me back is that the people that are doing this unlike us are not qualified to do it but yet how does someone become qualified in 2019 to be able to do it well you know i think i posed that question on a post i made not too long ago do we really have the talent there to do local broadcasting? And I think the answer is uh, not the way we've been used to in the last 20 or 30 or 40, 50 years, but you know, we will see a new set of pioneers as time goes on. You and I can consider ourselves pioneers in the podcast world, not, not that we're going to have any fame from it, but because we have taken a vested interest when it was a relatively new venture. Um, just like I think if radio is to survive and so on and so forth, you know, a new crop of pioneers right. will come along and take, take the licenses and the signals and so on that we've all been accustomed to for the years uh, that we've uh, enjoyed it. And we'll have to see, um, you know, what they come off with, you know, what kind of changes will they be drastic? Will be they be the same? Will they realize that uh, all stations sounding like their college radio is bad? Um, you know, I just I think it's going to be trial and error. I really do. I kind of wish, and um, I spoke to uh, Jason about this before about the WMCK. Um, theory, format, whatever you want to call it. And I said that would actually be very interesting to try to do it on an FM station. Do the same thing, have people come in from around the area, produce programming, program it the same way, and actually have it broadcast on a traditional radio station. I think yeah. you could actually sell it, and I think you could actually make money from it, and you could make it a viable format. But no one's willing to try doing that. 
nobody's willing to try. I think it would take a, a, a drastic act of uh, an owner dying or a corporation going down the tubes and you know all these licenses become available. Or, you know, uh, the owner going to jail, like we were talking right. about earlier. <laughs> maybe um, we can look at that one. <laughs> maybe we can look at that one and try it in the middle of the, the cow pasture somewhere. Um, you know, it, it would probably take something as drastic as that. As long as you follow the rules, right. are serving in the public interest, so on and so forth. Of course, you know, WMCK is similar to what we've done with WRCT over the years, and and that's the closest uh, facsimile. But WRCT is only 1,700 watts right. directional and 650 to the east because of a certain uh, 88.1 in Murraysville that uh, keeps it from broadcasting at uh, full radius. Um, and of course, eighty-eight point three keeps it from broadcasting at full radius. So uh, I've and I've been involved with both of them over the years. But anyhow, uh, I digress. The, the The point that I'm saying is that it's never been done on a twenty-five thousand watt station, right. or even a uh, fifteen thousand watt station. You know, you look at a Wish or a three WS. Um, you know, it, it's never been done on something like that because people just don't think. But I think now, I think if you're, you know, you kind of go back to the to the programming by the hour days uh, back when the networks were king on radio and you have an hour of this, you have an hour of that. And as long as, again, they follow the rules, serve in the public interest, don't swear and so on and so forth, you're you could be on to something. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think yeah. I think it would be interesting to try. I know that there are some stations, especially out west, especially in Los Angeles, that um, are actually going online, and they're actually using podcasts to fill their programming day, if not their whole mm-hmm. day, their overnight hours. So they yeah. basically have gone out to people saying, hey, we like what you have. Would you mind if we pull your stuff off the air? We're not going to pay you for it, but we're going to run it overnight. Would you mind us doing that? And I'm going, that is a great way to get exposure. Well, and again, it, it allows for the public to use their airwaves because you and I and all the listeners and everybody technically own the airwaves. Which is why, you know, stations who have licenses to broadcast over those airwaves must serve in the public interest, right. in the interest of the people potentially listening and who who may tune in to uh, find out the latest news or information or whatever. And as long as they're broadcasting with that interest in mind, they're, they're in, in good shape. Right. You know, so... I, I don't know. I, I would like to see someone, especially in the Pittsburgh market, get brave enough to actually do something. Because right now, everything we have in Pittsburgh, as much as I hate to say it, is cookie cutter. There is very not, much so. there is nothing creative out there. For goodness sake, you have stations out there in Pittsburgh that have these um, HD radio stations that aren't doing anything with them. Or if they well, they aren't doing anything with them because nobody, except your wife's car, well, have an HD radio. I actually, have I two mean, cars with HD radio. Oh, there. well, there you go. You, you're the <laughs> you're the family who has the HD radios. 
that that is something that never really took off the way it should. It was never marketed the way it should have been. It was never promoted the way it should have. But been. I think there's a lot of vehicles out there that have HD radio in them, but no one knows what they. Especially in Pittsburgh, no one knows what they are. I think in other parts of major cities, Chicago, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, other places, they're using the HD but not in Pittsburgh because there's no decent programming on it. It's just rehashing whatever they have on the AM or rehashing what they have on the F, whatever it may be, or it's just um, uh, an MP3 that's playing all day. It would be interesting for someone to have enough guts to say, okay, we have this. Let's try it for six months. Let's do some minimal promotion. We'll do some cross promotions on the on the main channel, and let's see what happens with it. I think it would be worth the yeah. shot. Well, I, I think you know you have to. One thing you have to remember is that uh, that uh, you know Pittsburgh has a a uh, terrain issue too, right? Um, so I mean, and and the uh, the signals don't go as far as you would like them to because of the hills, and I think I think HD, especially because of its digital uh, quality, has even more of a problem than analog does. So I, you know, I mean, there is that. I mean, look at uh, the TV stations. Uh, Channel Eleven had to get uh, two repeaters, uh, one in Uniontown, one in Newcastle. Hence, why the legal ID has Pittsburgh, Uniontown, Newcastle. Um, you know, uh, Channel Two had to do that too, I believe, and Channel Four, of course, we know why they had to do that. But the 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 fact is that uh, you know the HD signals probably don't go out as far as they would in a flat uh, uh, state like Ohio or, or Illinois or whatever. I will say this: that where I'm located at right now, I can get um, three of the clear channels. The big ones, I can get their HD stations down here. Okay. But think about it. If you can just cover Allegheny County, think of the market you're going to, or the audience you're going to have. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, and, um, you know, that there is a lot to be considered for that. But when we think about the FM uh, sticks, you know, in, in the market and the analog signals, they go out a lot further. They go out over several counties, and you know to to think about that and the FM translators that uh, most of the AMs have nowadays right. is is also a disappointment because of the fact that they can only go so far. You know, people are used to having the radio for as far as they can go, but you know you have an FM translator which you know only has a maximum of a hundred watts or two hundred watts. And they still only go out so far. And, you know, it's not necessarily a day trip distance or even uh, a jaunt across town. Right. So, I mean, that that's and I, I think if people understood that a little better, they would probably realize that, yeah, they could, uh, you know, you could pick it up on a, on a, a more uh, stable radio uh, more uh, your living room stereo or whatever but uh, to get it in your car you may may want to stay close to the uh, transmitter well that's why to this day i'm still surprised satellite radio hasn't taken off the way it should have but people don't well if they, if, well they don't want to pay for it but if they keep merging it with everything else you know is it going to merge itself right into the ground and those satellites are going to come crashing down in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> well, maybe they'll sell them cheap. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Eric, I promised you one hour, and guess what? We're running up against the window of one hour, so. We are at an hour, and uh, somebody has to get up in the morning. Well, so yes. I, I feel sorry for you. I don't. So you have a great one. <laughs> we'll, you too. We'll talk to you next time in 2020. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. Thank, Look forward to thank it. Thank you very much. Eric O'Brien from PBRTV.com joining us on this edition of Online with Bill Alexander. Hopefully you enjoyed the program. I enjoy talking with Eric because we talk about local media, not only local media, but radio in general. And uh, going from... Uh, <laughs> where we need to be, in my opinion, but hopefully someday we'll get there. But anyhow, that's going to wrap up another Hoot Nanny, guys. I am out of here. We'll talk to you next time here online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM, McKeesport, and also on italknet.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.